Guten Tag, everyone. Yeah, welcome to Eine Podcasten. Uh, welcome, friends. Um, this is the, the podcast that's <laughs> full of mysterious chocolate. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? I could Nine? There is no place on a map I can put a thumbtack for whatever the weird accent. It was it was like like French German. <laughs> I guess I guess there is a border there. And depending that, on the year, that would be uh, Belgium, I guess. Yeah, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but there was like some Swedish chef going on there. Oh. <laughs> and there was a, was it mysterious chocolate? <laughs> what other kind is there on this podcast? That's true. We don't we don't want no regular. Chocolate, just the <laughs> mysterious ones that only come in the mix. Like, like, uh, was it Mr. Goodbar? Mr. Goodbar, hundred grand cacao yeah. bean. Yeah, those things don't like Mr. Goodbar. You you don't see that's that's not for sale anywhere but in the bag of tiny candy bars. That is true. Yeah. Crackle too. Yeah, crackle's good. Crackle's my favorite out of that bag. Yeah, Crackle. I like the special dark. Really? Yeah. I'll get you and I would get along then because I I never eat the special dark. We'll never have a cocoa war. <laughs> this is blurry photos. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Welcome, welcome, dear listener. I'm the non-German David Flora. I'm the good old Dave Stecco of the USA, working hard for Joe Blisterfoot out on the front lines. <laughs> I uh, hope everybody's doing well. We've got a good show for you tonight. Oh, don't we? Don't we? We, we do. Do we? I, I raised a question, then I answered it. Don't we? We do. <laughs> Mr. Flora, how you been this week, my friend? I've been okay. I've been okay. Staying out of the, the ice sheet that has covered uh, the Midwest. Oh, man, not me. I'm relishing in it. I got some sweet new boots mm. from my friend Egon and his lovely wife, Rebecca. Man, I... Uh, the thing is, I, I have boots, and I've been out in it, but the boots then tweaked my Achilles tendon or something, if you want to get specific about boot it. Boot bite. Boot bite. <laughs> boot bit back. But my my ankle has been uh, has seen better days. I blame the weather. Yeah, I would. That's I feel good with blaming the weather for things. Ugh. But uh, other than that, been good. How about you? Man, uh, it's been great. It's been a, it's a nice busy week. I, as you know, relish the cold weather. As the, the worse it gets, the happier I am. Mm. And with the addition of these these completely winterproof, awesome-ass boots, I, I couldn't be happier. That's awesome. I'm a, I'm a real son of a bitch like that. I'm that guy who's just smiling, getting pelted in the face with slush. Yeah, well, I would like to say that my, my Wampa hat served me well. Oh, that Wampa hat is so cool! Thing is... <laughs> The, it's got flaps, and the wind blows up in those flaps. So I've kind of had to double up on on my uh, my hat wear. Listen, hey, hey, let me... you ever get you ever get some cold air in your wampa flaps? <laughs> <laughs> let let me ask you a question. What do you call the hats that that you wear in in the winter where you're from? Oh, just the hat. Oh, literally see, just hat. I, I know a you, lot of people don't even think about it. If we're Canadian, they're all toques, and I, I know that's a specific kind of hat. Huh. But I think that it's just all winter hats that have like ear flaps file under toques. What if they don't have a winter uh, ear flap? What if what if they're just? I've heard them called beanies, uh, knit caps. I where I was raised, I call them toboggans. And that's ridiculous. Okay, see, then that's usually the response that I yeah, get. Yeah, no, the toboggan is a sled, not a hat. A thermal hat, 
I just like thermals. Thermal hat. I don't know. Just a so, hat. I mean, li- literally in Colorado, it's just a hat. Don't yeah. forget to wear a hat. It's cold out. That in and in other places that'll get you in so much trouble. I've heard sock hat. Yeah, I've heard sock in hat. Chicago a or bunch. sock cap or yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, we we call them toboggans, and uh, I think if it's not a southern thing in general, it must be a, a central Kentucky thing, or at least around that area. Because I saw a, a you say central Kentucky, and I I just hear redneck. Why? I don't know. Like, when you have to specify, like, well, that's mostly a Delbert County, Kentucky thing. I didn't say anything about Delbert County. (laughs) Is there a Delbert County? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, but between, uh, well, like, the Lexington area. Uh Um, And I I saw a a video on YouTube the other day uh, that that somebody put up. Didn't say at all where they were from or anything, but they they mentioned some guy having a a Bengals jacket on, uh, which... You know, chances are you're probably around the Cincinnati area or mm-hmm. bleeding down into Kentucky or anything. Right. Because Kentucky doesn't have any professional sports teams, so they go for Cincinnati area. Right. Anyway, and he, 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 the guy in the video mentioned somebody having a toboggan. Didn't, but but didn't uh, didn't say they were from Kentucky. Didn't say mm-hmm. they were from Ohio. Didn't say they were from the moon. You know, I I, I did not know. That's good though. Were. That bolsters your point. That's 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 yeah. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. So. Anyway, that's uh, that's great. So, but as you can guess, uh, this week we're talking about hats. On, uh, <laughs> Weird hats sh- on, on the show. <laughs> uh, you know, before I know, we're talking about springtime hats, Easter hats. Uh, you yeah. know, you see them a lot in spring. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Kentucky Derby is really the official kickoff to the hat season, and and you kick with your foot, which has a heel on it. <laughs> oh, oh. Yes, I didn't think a train could be steered off the tracks, but it can. Because we've got spring, we've got heels. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm surprised. Like I'm I'm pretty pumped up. I'm I'm jacked up about this. I'm pretty. You you wadded up. I I guess with Jack. Jack. We've got spring. We've got heels. We okay. We're talking about spring heel Jack tonight. Spring heel Jack. Something that I'm really excited about. Uh, a, a couple weeks ago. I was able to bring the bunyip to David Flora. He had never heard of the bunyip before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he has repaid in kind this week with spring-heeled Jack. David, please let us know what the hell's going on. I will. I, and I would like to point out that I uh, came to know spring-heeled Jack through Monsters in My Pocket, uh, the classic toy of, of little rubber cryptids. <laughs> I have never heard of that before. Oh, man. Monsters in My Pocket had, like, just tons of, of, of neat creatures and cryptids from, from uh, mythology and, and folklore. spring Jack was one of them, one of the common ones. Wow, yeah. These are colorful and fun. They're great. And uh, they're also in our logo. So oh, yeah? Some of my own personal collection I threw in mm-hmm. there with, uh, with a, a wampa. That's why but... these things look so familiar. <laughs> So, spring Jack. Now, he is a uh, Victorian England... A figure of, of folklore. Fo- okay, fo- yeah. I was gonna... I, I almost wanted to say cryptid, and that It's fit. weird, yeah. yeah. It, it's... He, he's, he kind of is, maybe. He, he's, he's uncategorized, I guess. Uh, well, he could be a cryptid, he could be paranormal, it could be just myth. Yeah, he's he's whatever it is. It, it, it turn, it, it, I guess it comes down to, what did you... What do you personally decide that person is? Yeah. And then, and then that's how you have to determine what what it actually files right. under. 
Right. So he's a, uh, like you said, a Victorian era figure of folklore made infamous by uh, his attacks on people and his apparent inhuman leaping ability. Yeah. That's that's where he gets the name Springheeled. Uh, he was never caught. Nope. Whatever or whoever he was, never caught. It's unknown whether uh, it was a real person or a supernatural entity or maybe an extraterrestrial or maybe just a, an urban legend. Yeah, maybe just there's a lot of references to maybe he just, you know, a, 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 an event happened. He's notable for uh, attacking women, yeah. young women. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there was like a, a group hysteria, but things got uh, fleshed out in the story of Spring Hill Jack. So let's, David Flora, maybe walk. Maybe we'll just walk through the abilities. Great. If, if Spring Hill Jack was an X Man, which maybe he was, what are, what are Spring Hill Jack's mutant abilities? Well, his mutant abilities would be, uh, uh, like we said, a supernatural uh, leaping yeah, ability. Most notably, most notably, he could he could leap over hedgerows and walls that otherwise would either be unscalable by humans or, or with very great difficulty. Yeah, uh, be able to to they would get need over. significantly more time than he took to do it. Right, and probably a ladder. Mm-hmm. He uh, now, now the the reports vary on his appearance. Uh, but most say that he was uh, tall and thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wore skin-tight clothing, and he had red eyes and sharp metallic claws. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he also had cold, clammy hands. Yeah, cold skin. Yeah, and occasionally he breathed blue and white flames out so, his out his mouth hole. So he's pretty as X Men go. Metallo he's, claws. He's got Wolverine claws. He's got maybe not like that, but he's got metallic claws. He yeah. can leap. He can shoot flame out of his mouth. Yeah, spooky eyes. He's kind of like a, a cross between Wolverine and Nightcrawler and uh, Pyro. Yeah, and the Mothman. <laughs> you know that old X Man. <laughs> uh, he also uh, occasionally wore a, a cloak or a cape. Mm-hmm. Some some reports say. Now, there are, like I said, several uh, reports of how he was described, but some of them include him looking kind of devil-like or Mm -hmm. even wearing a large helmet with uh, tight white oilskin clothing, they say. Uh, Some some people in reports say he had a long chin, a long pointy chin, and he was quite thin or even gaunt. And um, some some reports even say he was half man, half bat, complete with wings, and horns and uh, a tall three-quarter length boots. So I, you know, my my first reading over this when I first started to read it, I was thinking England's Mothman, straight up. Yeah, with you the know, red eyes, the red and... flaming eyes. You know, the people would approach him thinking he was just just a dude, <laughs> just a gentleman out yeah. for a stroll. But that quickly failed because this guy does not fit the Mothman MMO. No. That would be the Mothman massively multiplayer online, as I just went MMMO. MMO. <laughs> but uh, the Moth, uh, this guy, Springhill Jack, pretty focused. Things he likes to do, scare women. Yep. In, and those are the good cases. In the good cases, he'll shoot some flames out of his mouth and really just scare the hell out of somebody and then run down the street giggling. Yeah, yeah. More often than not, the objective is the chest. He yeah. is a blouse ripper. Yep. Uh, at least two of the accounts that I read, he attacks a woman uh, attempting to rip her clothes off. Yeah, he's pretty touchy feely. Yeah, he's uh, and that's and that's why we get so many details about the the clawed hands, the metallic mm-hmm. hands, and there are you know there were there were marks left on the women. They were cut, mm-hmm. and but these these brief 
sudden violent attacks, and then he just takes off. Yep, disappears into the night. One of my favorite uh, uh, <laughs> aspects to him is that he he was real big into slapping the hell out of authority figures. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was a slapper. He was a slapper. He he would attack women and tear at their clothes, and he would come up and just slap the shit out of some policeman. <laughs> and just take off, <laughs> take off, laughing. Woo! <laughs> ah. It makes him kind of endearing. Well, so, I mean, if if it weren't for the sexual assaults, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go through uh, the sightings. Yeah, please. Um, Sightings might date back as far as uh, an 1808 ghost sighting uh, of a similar type of of, uh, entity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something that that comes and either attacks women or or has this inhuman leaping ability. Yeah. But officially, really, in, in 1837, he attacked some women around London. Now, it wasn't in London proper. It was kind of the villages around London. But... Uh, one of them was uh, Polly Adams, uh, who was a farmer's daughter. She was more of a suburban menace. So yeah, exactly. Then uh, the uh, another woman was Mary Stevens, which uh, didn't have an occupation that I could find. Yeah. So who cares? Homemaker. Um, uh, and both of those, he he leaps up them from a dark alley as yeah. they're they're walking home late at night. And he rips up their clothes, and he tries to give them smooches, and then he he's scratching at them, and then leaps away, uh, cackling. And then either the next day or, or soon thereafter, he jumps in front of a passing carriage, and he causes the coachman to to lose control and uh, crash, which severely injured the the coachman. But again, he just he leaps away, cackling like you know it's it's all good fun for him. And it it, it seemed to be uh, that was another one of his patterns. He, and I don't know if this figures into it being a hysterical thing or or multiple people trying to pull a similar maneuver, but there's almost three different approaches of Spring Hill Jack stories. There is the Spring Hill Jack that likes to scare young women and attack them. Mm-hmm. There's the Spring Hill Jack that likes to run up and slap people and run away. And then there's men, the, authority, the, men, the, yeah, like men, authority figures. Yeah, authority figures. And then there's the coach crasher. Yeah. Because he, there's, that wasn't an isolated thing. This, this, this concept of him jumping in front of a coach, causing it to crash and then running away. Yeah. It's interesting. He seems to have three very separate MMOs and about how he wants to. Yeah. And nothing, nothing really deviating from that, from Mm -hmm. from those three types of uh, quote unquote attacks. And all three of the, all three of those things mentioned that, that his means of escape is this amazing leaping ability. He just, which made him nigh impossible to chase after. Right. So um, with him scaling uh, hedgerows and, and uh, bounding over walls and things, you know, people couldn't, couldn't catch up to him, which is how he remained uh, a mystery. In 1838, Sir John Cowan, who was the Lord Mayor of London, was uh, brought the, a case of, of uh, Spring Hill Jack. He was skeptical uh, of the reports, and he thought it was all just total exaggeration. Right. You know, uh, he thought maybe it was, it was one isolated incident that people just blew out of proportion or, or maybe the newspapers or something got a hold of it and, you know. He probably said did. that it was um, hogwash or perhaps poppycock. True. Because <laughs> we're not yet at the point where horse feathers was in, <laughs> in play. Exactly. <laughs> but um, the funny thing is he had quite a few reports of similar attacks like this. So it wasn't just the one that he was uh, that, that was brought to him. 
uh, he even had a letter uh, that had been uh, given to him that spoke of a wager that happened between some aristocrats that said one of them was bet that uh, he couldn't visit London villages as a ghost, a bear, and a devil. Dressed up, I guess, in, in that guise. And I know that this is something we've mentioned before, but for the love of God, is there anything, with the exception of American children in the early 20th century, more dangerous than bored British rich kids? Right. <laughs> if they're not making secret societies, they're making ridiculous bets. They're making yep. everyone's life a nightmare. Lord Daft Wager. <laughs> Man, it always comes back... To these bored, rich British kids. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so there was there was that sort of compelling evidence that uh, the Lord Mayor had to deal with. Um, a month after that, a girl named Jane Alsop heard a knock at her door, and uh... oh, oh, oh my! Someone's at the door. Where's the butler? To oh, we're not rich enough for a butler. <laughs> Jane Alsop, stop asking about a butler and answer the bloody door. Yes, mother. Yes, mother. <laughs> so, she opens the door. What the? <laughs> <happened>? <laughs> go with it, dude. Just go with it. Uh, she opens the door. It's a man who's standing out by the front gate. Right. Oh yeah, this is elaborate. What's important is that the butler didn't answer it. Exactly. She opens the door. Uh, there was a, a, a voice out there saying, Oi, for the love of God, bring us a light. We've cut Spring Hill Jack out in the alley. Too right. Too right. <laughs> Give us a light then. <laughs> Come, Come on, on love. love. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good goal, then, eh? <laughs> That's- so, uh, <laughs> won't you have your uh, butler go grab us a lantern or a candle? <laughs> and that's when she started crying. <laughs> Is that man out there asking about a butler? <laughs> We're not rich enough for a butler. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> We're terrible at this. <laughs> that's all right. I'll get a taste of those crumpets myself. <laughs> <laughs> It's all nothing but a clever ruse. <laughs> Forgive and forget, as long as it gets me tasty. Oh, God. Spring your jack, you son of a bitch. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> what it really was. So, okay. So, now so, that we're done with Masterpiece so- Theater. <laughs> Someone approaches the door. All right. They say they need a light because they have captured Spring Heel Jack, to which Ms. Alsop says, here's your, here's the torch, and opens the door, and it's actually Spring Heel Jack himself, who spits flames in her eyes, blue and white flames, tears at her clothes and her face, and then he leaps away. Don't feel bad, love. It was all a clever ruse. <laughs> You're not the first one that has happened to you, eh? <laughs> Now that, I I mean, even though we just so clearly said, well, he's got just a few uh, M.O.s, that's new. That's pretty elaborate. Coming to your house. I mean, that yeah, that's a guy who who has chosen his target at that point, you think? Or, I mean, it could have been random. She could have just been the the luck of the draw there. But um, it is, yeah, you're right. It's definitely different from what he's been doing, where he's just grabbing girls out of alleys. I was just passing through, figured I'd have myself a bit of a squeeze. (laughs) Came up with a right Johnny plan. 
I'm just terrible at this. He uh, a week after he he leaps from an alley, so he goes back to that thing. Leaps from an alley uh, at a girl named Lucy Scales, and he breathes. <laughs> that was her nickname. Because of how she looked. Wow. Nice. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, maybe she's a precursor to Illuminati. Yep. Reptilian. So he, he breathes fire at her, and <laughs> with her, she just, it scared her so bad that she just dropped to the ground and started having fits and seizures. Right. And and so he just sort of like left. <laughs> he didn't even try scratching at her. He just he just you know mission accomplished. Yep, back in the shadows he goes. So from then on, uh, the sightings were were mostly sporadic and uh, and pretty widespread over England. Uh, the worst apparently being an 1845 murder of a 13 year old prostitute by the name of Maria Davis. Wow, that's rough. Yeah. Uh, a 13-year-old prostitute. It's rough on many levels. Boy. I mean, it was blamed on him uh, that he just came out in broad daylight and tossed her off a bridge. That sounds like pimp behavior. It, it, if it sounds like anything, it sounds like not what he has been doing or known for. Yeah. So that one to me was kind of like... Mm, because he hasn't killed anybody up to this point. He's just yeah. been kind of a righteous ass, you know? Yeah. That doesn't seem to fit anything that he's that he does or is interested in. And most importantly, in broad daylight. Right. That's, so that's, that, that was weird, but that's, that's out there as a, a thing that's attributed to, to him. Huh. Now, in the 1870s, he was reported in many different places, mostly... Uh, mostly going around slapping uh, soldiers and authority <laughs> figures and just cackling. Like, he he was uh, re- reported going around in soldiers' uh, uh, sentry boxes and things like that, like jumping on them or, or coming up to them out of the dark and slapping them and running off. And... Which is pretty ballsy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they do have guns. Uh, there's one report uh, in 1837 in a place called Aldershot, uh, where they had a barracks, one of the soldiers said a figure came out of the darkness and he issued several slaps to the soldier's face. <laughs> before, bam! 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 bam. <laughs> and, uh, and then he was uh, spotted and chased in uh, Lincolnshire, but never, never actually caught. Uh, a lot of people set traps for him, which he cackled and avoided, and some people reported shooting him almost point blank and the shot having no effect on him. And him just leaping away. Now that that could be conjecture or you know exaggeration. Yeah. But the last uh, reported sightings were in uh, uh, Liverpool between uh, 1888 and 1904. But there were a couple of more sort of sightings, or or, or people sort of you know later came forward and said yeah. like. Uh, in uh, 1986, uh, there was a, a British Army officer who was apparently bicycling through Herefordshire. Uh, what is that? That's in Beatles lyrics. <laughs> when somebody somebody came out of the corner of his eye, leapt onto the road, slapped the shit out of him, <laughs> and then leapt away. <laughs> I just I love that, <laughs> that his main attack is just to slap the hell out of somebody. <laughs> He sounds. It, it's it's almost like some kind of weird practical joke. Yeah, it's 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 like a it's like a Dave Chappelle, you know, <laughs> supervillain sketch. Yeah, you know? <laughs> the night slap. <laughs> there were now some reports 
that he was uh, cited in the U.S. He was reported accosting women in Louisville, Kentucky in 1880. And uh, I was uh, hoping weird... you were saying 1980. I was like, that's Rick James, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing with, this, with these reports is that he had a blue light that was coming out of his chest... From what I from what I read, it made it sound kind of like Iron Man stuff. Right, I was like, "This is it Tony Stark." <laughs> but uh, instead of breathing this blue and white flame, uh, it was coming out of his chest. For that, uh, in 1938 through 1945, he was reported several times in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, uh, and Provincetown. Uh, a lot of people apparently saw him and and his leaping and slapping and accosting. He was leap slapping vacationers, I guess. <laughs> Or maybe just the uh, the lobster fisherman. <laughs> nice f***ing chowder. Bam! Fuck you, Jack. Bring it, Jack. Wicked awesome. <laughs> I'm going to leap over those hedges in your yard. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't stop me. No b- asshole. <laughs> oh, that asshole. <laughs> That's right. Bring it, Jack. Uh, asshole. Uh, in 1953, uh, he was seen in Houston, Texas. Shooting pistols into the air, celebrating his oil billions. And, and that one was funny because it's like a lot, of, a lot of people that are under the extraterrestrial uh, mm-hmm. reference for him, they, they like this story because he, he leaps into a pecan tree and then kind of disappears. And then like moments later, people see this, this uh, metallic cigar-shaped object fly away. From oh. the area. So people people are like, yeah, or extraterrestrial. Anyway. Yeah, and we'll get to that. I mean, as we as we alluded to early on, there is such a weird list of potential if everyone's got a theory, yeah. It's gonna be a hell of a list, so Yeah. Uh well let's let's get into some of the explanations. Yeah, of, let's of just do that list then. What why, why tease it? <laughs> what this guy should be or could be. Now, uh, we'll start out with the prime suspect. Yeah, we have we actually have a dude. A dude we can pin this on uh, to a degree. And as always, there's two things that are at the root of every single problem with cryptids. Sandhill cranes and the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Our uh, uh, primary suspect is Henry Beresford, the third Marquess of Waterford. Who was an Irish nobleman born in 1811. I love this guy. Yeah. You know, like, there was a bunch of Irish noblemen who were sitting in a pub explaining to someone else that, say, and the the, the gist of this conversation was, yeah, but he's our asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, aye, but we love him so much. He can be a bit of a handful from time to time, but he's our arsehole. (laughs) Man's well, bless his heart. <laughs> his mother was a haint. <laughs> his father worked in Liverpool. <laughs> he pulled on the ships on the dock. Shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> All right. The Marquess, also known as the Mad Marquess. Yeah. Are we saying that right? Is it Marquess? Marquis? I, Mar- I think it's Marquess because he's not French. He's Irish. <laughs> we will never make that mistake. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this guy was uh, well known for his bodiness. <laughs> oh, God. Everything in my life so that someday two jackwads will Wikipedia me and it'll say, known for his bodiness. 
<laughs> that's uh, that's going to my tombstone. Yeah. Died of bodiness. <laughs> he was frequently drunk. Uh, he he was always fighting. He would vandalize things, always joking around, and he'd do anything for a bet. Also or, harassing other words, kids about boxes of cereal. <laughs> it's a Lucky Charms joke there. Oh, I get it. This guy is not an Irishman. He is the, the Irishman. Irishman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's here's a here's a fun fact about this guy that I that I saw. Um, <laughs> like like we're not having fun yet. <laughs> strap in. He may have been the first to paint the town red. That like for like literally, literally. Now this this is uh, where some people think that saying comes from. Uh, after a successful fox hunt, he came back into town with with his boyos uh, <laughs> and found some tens of red paint, and he proceeded to just splotch it on every building that he came. Hey, tight. That was a fine fox hunt. What did you think, Lee? Oh, oh what, what have we here? Here's a few pots of red paint. I got me an idea. Splash, splash. <laughs> it's like a time machine. That's how good we are. Yep. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> when you put those headphones on, you might as well be in 1811. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, apparently where, where that saying comes from. That's awesome. Paint the town red because of this jag. <laughs> now, so, boy, yeah, okay. So, so we know he likes drinking. He likes drinking. He, he likes, likes fighting. fighting. <laughs> hey. He likes painting things, putting foxes. Uh, now, it's been suggested that he had a humiliating experience with uh, a woman and/or a police officer at some point. I repeat, career. not an Irishman. <laughs> the, the Irishman. <laughs> This is the gold standard of stereotypes. <laughs> Why isn't there a holiday to this guy? Here's another thing. He may have had friends who were experts in applied mechanics. No. Which means he might have had them to design uh, spring-heeled boots for him. No, those are the kind of nerds we picked on. <laughs> Oh, you like your bookie hooks there, do you? <laughs> I've got an eclectic group of friends. I like collecting them. <laughs> oh. This is my friend who likes D and D. So he's got he's got super engineer friends who are all like, "Hey, you know that drunk guy who likes making problems everywhere? Let's give him the ability to leap away from the authorities." <laughs> Okay, you know what, actually, when I say it out loud, it kind of does track. That kind of does make sense. Uh, he may have also practiced fire spitting, because at this point, why the f*** not? Right. Which is really because somebody just told a uh, fart joke right when he was lighting his cigar. <laughs> That's the kind of the humor I think he would have yeah. uh, oh, yeah. invested a lot of his time if in. If he was alive, he'd be a great fan of ours. Except for the <laughs> fact that we've just spent the last ten minutes laughing at him outright. <laughs> but doing a spot-on uh, impersonation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now, there was this uh, one encounter uh, with Spring Hill Jack where there was a servant uh, that claimed to have spotted an embroidered W on Spring Hill Jack's cloak as he bounced away. The W of Waterford. Could be, could be. Now, is this guy in charge of crystal production? I think that is Waterford Crystal. What do you think? Yeah, I think it is. By all accounts, when he married, and and, uh, he did marry at, at some point, 
he uh, he settled down and became uh, uh, quite a quite a nice old fellow. He just he was didn't, just like didn't bother anybody. He put that leaf behind me. <laughs> no more. I don't even know what accent I'm doing there. <laughs> It'll go in Lord of the Rings, regardless. Perfect. Think, yeah, exactly. Put that in there. I'd Perfect. fit in Mordor just fine. <laughs> Died of a horse riding accident. Too bad. Now, was that a horse riding or a horse riding? <laughs> <laughs> um, he did. Uh, he died in 1859. Okay, but the Spring Hill Jack sightings continued after that. Well, after that, uh, which leads some people to to say, well, uh, were there multiple Spring Hill Jacks, uh, or were there a bunch of copycats? Maybe the Marquess went out a couple times and grabbed some boobies and and honked some noses. But I'm glad that you put out the boobies thing because it. it... <laughs> Can you call it a copycat if, like, more than one guy jumped out of an alley and grabbed a girl's boobs? Like, like I'd oh, call no. that a Saturday. This is my homage to the perfect crime. <laughs> like, I, that's just... Oh, I've got to try to ask myself. <laughs> I would like to imagine a lot of drunk Irishmen thinking themselves to be spring Jack and just getting caught instantly. <laughs> yeah. You'll never catch me. Oh! <laughs> I've one up to Spring Hill Jack. I've attached dynamite to my heels. <laughs> Watch me grab them boobies and then explode away. <laughs> oh, them sweet titties are mine. <laughs> For the record, it's, it's never fun. it's never okay to jump out of an alley and grab at a woman's chest. True, ever. True story. Even today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially today. Even today. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Well, surely by now we've reached a point where that's okay. I'm afraid we're not there yet. Sorry, guys. Keep uh, keep keep it locked down. Keep it on lockdown. Come on. Yeah, a lot of these guys, if they're copycats, they get drunk, they go out, <laughs> they hide in an alley, and then they fall smack on their gobs. Let <laughs> me get a test of those boobs. What? <laughs> Thump. And clapped in irons. Now, uh, some German paratroopers uh, uh, apparently experimented with spring-heeled uh, boots, springs in their in their boots uh, during World War II. Uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that the springs in their boots were exactly the thing they needed to ensure victory. How did that turn out for those guys? Uh, it actually resulted in uh, quite a few broken ankles. Oh, <laughs> didn't didn't work out uh, for them too well. So, um, springs in boots. Mm, not not such a great idea. No, no, not well. I mean, they're paratroopers, so I mean, they were using them kind of in reverse. I would think uh, if you're going to do that, then you'd probably use them to to absorb some shock of landing, right? I think that was the plan, but maybe they trusted them too much and locked their knees like idiots. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They could uh, they could learn a thing or two from the Irish. <laughs> oh, you couldn't touch the teddy, <laughs> but you didn't, did you? <laughs> I didn't learn anything from me. We'll never stop doing this. This podcast is over. Cockney, Irish. We haven't done a voice for the German paratroopers. I guess. Nope. Uh, I guess we'll let you pass on that. I'll dear say. Listener. I'll say this. I apologize for the amount of booby references. Oh, I don't apologize. For <laughs> I apologize. For- for the uh, slaughtering of, of uh, dialect. It but. took us 20 episodes to get here. <laughs> Finally, erotic mysteries. <laughs> Can we pull uh, back around to the Palladians for another episode? <laughs> 
I I have to feel I feel like the Marquess had uh, had a game plan drawn up where one springs in your boots. Yeah. Two. Oh. Uh, right. Three boobies. <laughs> <laughs> something something. A uh, boobies. Boobies equals profits. And yeah. I also looked up uh, methanol, which is a, a wood alcohol. It's yeah. the simplest uh, alcohol. Methanol apparently can burn with a blue flame. Yeah. You know, Spring Hill Jack, uh, uh, famous for shooting shooting white blue flames out of his, out of his right. face. Uh, it was developed purely by 1661 and was really nailed down in the 1800s. So it could have been used by, by whoever whoever Spring Hill Jack was, as a burning mechanism, you know? You know what else I was thinking about this? When I was reading these, what occurred to me is like a, a possible... Here's a hypothesis. Sure. Flash powder. Right, yeah. You know, uh, f- the photography existed. It was in its early stages when you used these trays of flash powder. Yeah, hold real still now. Exactly. <laughs> ten, ten minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, if, you, if you were to ignite some of this in the palm of your hand, just, you know, set it off... It would blind a person right in front of you. Sure. It's it burns obviously white, maybe blue with the smoke. I don't know, but but that's I just to my mind, you know, little little conjecture there. Yeah, why not? I mean, I don't. Do you know anything about the the dates of when they worked on that or when that was? I mean, obviously we said photography was coming in into um, quite into vogue then. Yeah, but, that's uh, that's why I made sure to say conjecture. It means conjecture is see, a Latin. You confused me because you didn't say fun fact. Yeah. Oh, see, I should have. Conjecture is a, a Latin word meaning I'm not going to look this up. I'm just going to say it for the sake <laughs> of my own comfort and ease. Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Why not? Like. Uh, uh, I mean, you, you, you could pin the stuff that he did on, you know, any number of explanations uh, and things like that. Or you could uh, uh, go straight for the pinning the tail on the donkey. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's lose our damn minds now because here's the thing that is fun about this. When you boil it down, spring Jack is just a booby grabber. <laughs> but he did it with a crazy amount of panache with just enough mystery to make him kind of a, a piece of folklore. Yeah. And so let's focus on the folklore. Let's let's focus on the weird. And yeah. let's let's stop thinking that a human being could possibly come up with the wherewithal to stun another person and touch their boobs. <laughs> this could only be from another realm. Yeah, it could be uh, just an exaggeration of folk tales. It could be uh, the boogeyman mm-hmm. that uh, parents used to to scare. You know, if you spelled with. boogie. With a B replacing the G. <laughs> Booby man. <laughs> Why did it take me a second? <laughs> it did, and that's what I like about it. Uh, could be could be a ghost. Now, I listened to a really interesting uh, interview. Uh, when I was researching this, I found uh, a YouTube video that was really just a long audio file of, a, of an interview um, with a guy, and they covered a range of, of topics. I mean, things from uh, Nazca lines and, and all kinds of things, but mm-hmm. he, he talked about Spring Hill Jack for a while, and the, the overarching subject was aliens. And he really latched on to Spring Hill Jack as a great example of a potential stranded alien. Yeah, that's the that's the next thing through yeah. the uh, through the looking glass here. That perhaps that these you know it was a, a frightened alien, not necessarily boob obsessed, <laughs> but you, you you get those those the, the the thing that we haven't really we everyone talks about the the heels the jumping ability right. Uh, in an alien that comes from a high gravity world would easily be able to leap sure. far more than what we'd expect. But 
the hands, the claws, they're always described as being metallic or a metallic substance. And, and even in, you know, some of the, the pictures people do illustrations, it's always a leather glove with some kind of right. some metal ends. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But granted, they were, they're blinded by blue-white fire. They're blinded <laughs> by the blue-white fire. Don't you dare, Manfred Man, this podcast. Uh, I'm ashamed of myself for knowing that. Uh, Wrapped up like an Irish douche. <laughs> in the night. <laughs> night. <laughs> the other thing is that, and these women, you know, like, were so scared. In some cases, they have fits, you know. They, they really terrifies well, them. Well, yeah, the one uh, uh, the one was incapacitated with fits. So <laughs> he was just like, uh, <laughs> all right. You're, you're like really high maintenance. <laughs> but the, the weird consistency is that the people always say metallic-like. Like there's no, oh, he was wearing a glove with claws on it. There's mm. there's no, it's, it's always this somewhat vague. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of opens the door to a possible not human thing, that there's this consistent lack of specificity on the hands on the claws themselves yeah and you know high you know a a very dense creature high gravity world yeah phosphorus breath maybe yeah phosphorus Um, breath that's brilliant infrared uh, eyes you know maybe they see in a different spectrum or something radar ears all right all right (laughs) all right we're trying to have a serious conversation it it smells with lasers radar ears (laughs) get out Laser olfactory senses. No. No. I, did you ever see the John Carter, the, the movie? I did. I watched it with my family. Oh. Four hours I'll never get back. I keep thinking of, of him. Like, you know, how he is on Mars. He's able to leap. Oh, yeah. You know, just huge distances. Or like the stupid-ass Hulk. In, those, in, the, in any of the Hulk movies, he, he okay, can whoa, cover. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. The Hulk is not a stupid ass. The Hulk is awesome. Has he been mistreated in many movie representations? Yes. But the Hulk is awesome. Sorry, dude. I'm not a, I'm not a Hulk fan. Even in the Avengers cartoon series that's out now. What about... No, the Hulk in the Avengers, the Ruffalo Hulk, was awesome. The best Hulk that there's been, yeah. Hands down. But I'm that doesn't make me like the Hulk. Oh, my superpower is to just get angry and smash... Yeah, it's brilliant because it's so simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't do teach... anything I don't like, or I destroy everything. Well, yeah, and I'm indestructible. Kids, kids should know that the more angry they get, the more indestructible they are. <laughs> He's a toddler that a tank can't kill. <laughs> oh man! All right, stupid ass Hulk. Anyway, these are examples of of you know people defying uh, the gravity. Yeah, jumping, you know, big jump. God, this is this is dumb. Just forget the last two minutes, everybody. Um, I'm gonna remember. Here's here's a <laughs> stop, no subliminal messages. Uh, here's a uh, the. <laughs> so here's the uh, here's the end of the rainbow. The the pot of gold that we get with with Springhill Jack. Remember the Irish guy. <laughs> We're bringing it back. Springhill Jack could be a tulpa. What could how be did, could be created by a cultist simply to cause mischief out of how did out of the Tibetans thought. make it to Ireland? I, I mean, it's it's people that uh, that practice the uh, the occult could be just you know brain power thinking thinking something like this into existence. The Irish are people not known for their focus. Oh, it, maybe it's not the Irish doing it. 
Okay. I mean, tulpas can be created by anybody who has the focus and determination. All right. All right. I'm just saying. I mean, hell, I think they, they even say if you uh, k- keep picturing the same scenario over and over and, and worry about it and fret and stuff that it could happen. Like, if you picture yourself getting mugged every day when you go home. I picture myself getting mugged by a guy, but he's giving me hundreds of dollars. You take this money! You do shut yeah. your mouth and take this money! I picture myself getting mugged by beautiful women every night. <laughs> they just punch you and take your wallet? Whatever works, man. Whatever works. <laughs> What's important is that they're beautiful. <laughs> okay, so I haven't thought this Tulpa <laughs> Tulpa, that's, that, that is shocking. Yeah. I am I am amazed that's a, that's that the tulpa showed up at this point. That's 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 your pot of gold here. Wow. Now here's something interesting. Springhill Jack fits into a very specific subset of unknown entities known as Phantom, Phantom Attackers. Attackers. Thunder Sound. Which we have not done for a little while. It's I'm bringing true. it back. It's true. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Phantom Attackers. Huh. Also in this weirdly specific little niche. The Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Who, uh, known here in our, our native state of Illinois. Not native in that we were born here, but it's where our mail shows up. <laughs> you know, the, there's this weird, these phantom attackers. These unknown entities or people who just show up, whoop some ass, and just disappear. Yeah. Nobody knows... Whence they came, mm-hmm. uh, why, or who they were. Yeah. This is, it's it's kind of getting into, Spring Hill Jack, to me, is almost in the same boat as Jack the Ripper. I was just thinking that. Like, it's getting into that kind of weird, I mean, the arc from Back Alley Booby Grabber to cutting, you know, to <laughs> sending Scotland Yard pieces of a prostitute's liver. True. There's definitely a bridge to cross there. Right, and it's a huge bridge, and it's called f***ing insane, is what that bridge is called. I don't know, Governor. (laughs) Maybe those oars had it coming, huh? (laughs) Their ghosts will haunt you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Maybe it's not up to them whether they show up groundbreaking I started out better fun, had me some boots made. (laughs) Grabbing me some boobies there. (laughs) Grabbing... I wish, what, what is a great Cockney word for boobs? Um, Send us emails, please. Yeah. What are I'm, some, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with uh, rubber tubes. Right? Rubber it's tubes? A, it's a rhyming thing. Right, I was grabbing me a little bit of a rubber tubes there. I've got to say, it sounds like you're talking about dongs. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I had me, a, <laughs> I, had me a, I had me a bit of that Tony Shalhoub there. Stuck it right in front of me, loaf of bread. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, our, <laughs> I get the cockney rhyming either. slang. Please, I am, I, I've never done this. I'm calling out an individual. Because we happen to have a good friend who is an expert at this era language. Oh. Mel Evans. <laughs> <laughs> what, what word did Jane Austen use for boobs? <laughs> Help us! No, wait, no, wait. I would like to point out that <laughs> Jane Austen uh, word for boob and Cockney word for boob. All right, but I'm saying in an era. All right, all right. Yeah, so Let's Mel see. Evans, you're, you're I don't our... think they discussed it. You can't discuss that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, my. What would the vicar say? So, yeah, okay. So, if Spring Hill Jack went trouncing through Downton Abbey, 
which he had attacks in that exact same time frame. That's true. What, what do we do with that? What do you, what, who do, does he attack Mary? Is there a Mary? Does he attack Todd? Who Who is on? No, no, no. Um, no, 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 no. It's can uh, he attack Firefly time? So we no, know. No, 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 no. It's name is what? it's it's Carrie. Uh, then there's uh, the redhead one, Samantha <laughs> Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, that's what happened. And then Shoe Face McBuys a lot. Yeah, that's the. <laughs> now wait, wait. I'm gonna stop right now and apologize for that. So sorry to take a dump on your sexes in cities <laughs> and your Downtons and Abbeys. Yeah. <laughs> The point being... The point being, for a long time, I thought it was Downtown Abbey, and people were just <laughs> saying it like they said it in the show. <laughs> Dooten Abbey! I was like, oh, Downtown Abbey, you know, the one that's in the middle of the town, it's that's a right. church. It's a Downtown Abbey. <laughs> what would the vicar say? You know what? That's what we need to ask ourselves. I'm getting some rubber bracelets made. Just <laughs> them rubber tubes, eh, Mike? WWVS. What would the vicar say? I don't know why every time I talk with a Cockney accent, me hands do this, though. I don't... I I'm, I, I can't begin to describe is, what you're... Uh, did you just cast a spell on me with your it's hands? It's kind of like I'm I'm moving them around a crystal ball, but they're also like seizing up with, with uh, muscle spasms. Yeah, it's like your hands have rickets. Just your hands. Me hands are all a hanks and tickets. <laughs> Oh, which is also Cockney slang for rickets. So well That's right. done, you brought it around. So Spring Hill Jack, hey, you've you've never heard of him. Don't pretend you have. And if you have, high five. And if and if you have, high five. And you now know more, hopefully, than you ever wanted to. You, you heard more. You we'll heard, say you, that you heard about it a lot. Yeah, I don't know about knowledge. You heard about it some. You heard a lot of dialects. But this but this is perfect. This is exactly what we've loved to talk about. This is a yeah. weird fun corner and thank you david flora for bringing it to my attention oh uh, you you're welcome and for everyone else that's springhill jack in a uh <laughs> fire-breathing nutshell right oh man well say we hit a bit of the puns there governor oh, fancy some puns that night all right kick kick this thing off flora i want you to have the first crack at rhyming the name springhill jack because that's all we that's got what we've him. got uh, I've got an armor store that's open once a year. Mm-hmm. It's called the Spring Shield Shack. Oh, I get it because it's in the springtime and yeah, for summer for summer campaigning. Okay, <laughs> all right. I've got. Uh, I'm ready to join this pun war. Oh, uh huh. Um, so in the aftermath of these uh, terrible attacks, uh, the the plucky people of the English countryside decided to to try to put a good spin on it. So they started an annual race, a steeplechase of sorts where uh, individuals would have to run around a, uh, a track uh, with obstacles, uh-huh. and um, they would have to alternate between slapping people of authority. They'd get some British officers there. They had to slap the officers and grab the breasts of women who were also lined up in the track. And the place they would always hold this was called the, uh, the Springfield Track. <laughs> they, would, they would have it in the springtime. Why is this not an Olympic sport? I, I agree totally. And I, I'd also like to apologize because, you see, sometimes you do a podcast, you, you research it, but no matter how hard you try, you're really just lashed, tied to the mast of one boat, and it's just one <laughs> phrase, and that's the one thing you have to work with. So I'm really, really sorry. Well, <laughs> I, I'm really sorry that this isn't an Olympic sport because if it were, 
you'd be doing a podcast with a gold medalist. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're that good. Well, well, let's uh, let's see what happens in the next round where the scores can really change, Mister oh, Flora. Okay, double or nothing here. Uh, I have a pouch store, a place where you can buy pouches of different sorts, called the String Sealed Sack. <laughs> and sir, you win. <laughs> Now, I've got some terrible news. I was trying to be competitive. I knew I was up against it, and I'd like to announce that I'd been doping throughout this entire <laughs> Pun Olympics, and I, I am out. I leave competition, and so I can no longer use that phrase legally. So instead, I provide you with the following. <laughs> what a dumb metaphor. Um, I gave you a headline from the Waterford Courier newspaper in the year uh, 1846. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of public distrust of the um, the local Randy Irishman. That's redundant. <laughs> and uh, so the, the headline of the Waterford Courier read, Confess, Marquess, and end this mess. <laughs> something, something, boobies dress. <laughs> <laughs> I fought for that, too. I fought that one. That was not easy to come up with. Well, I, I salute you, sir. <laughs> I salute you for uh, limping to the finish line, as yeah. it were. And I just, I just want to say, what if, uh, what if there was a doping scandal with uh, the the old boob and slap event? Oh man, yeah. What if, what if what, the one guy had slap? What do you, yeah, what, grope and slap. What, what, what is it called? Well, it's actually the root of the uh, the British phrase, the old slap and tickle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! I made it historical. <laughs> Revisionist history. <laughs> each oh. officer got a quite crack on the gob, and each lady got the most delicate of jiggles. <laughs> I like watching me a bit of the old pap and pickle. <laughs> I don't know why it needed a, a replacement, but... The pap and pickle. <laughs> that is the name of the worst pub in England. <laughs> Behind the hating ticket. <laughs> I'm going to open a pub called the hating ticket. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, man. We're sorry. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. <laughs> but we're we're proud, too. Humble and proud. Humble and proud of our heritage. Hey. <laughs> Suddenly we're Scottish. Right. Which has nothing to do with it. But I think they would do well at the old uh, slap and tickle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you can toss a caber, you can grab a booby. <laughs> I'll tell you what, um, not to be outdone by uh, one of our uh, uh, frenzied uh, listeners. Oh, yes. The uh, the magnanimous Greg has, has uh, graced us with yet another few puns for us. Oh, we're going to... We gotta, to throw on the bandwagon. It's Greg Bach and he rocks. It's a rock block of Bach because his name is Greg Bach and something something rocks. Who uh, he might be starting up his own podcast soon? Huh? Oh, he had better. I'm gonna lose my mind if he does that. I cannot wait, and we will plug it daily, nightly, and never so rightly. <laughs> you know, for all of our listeners, <laughs> we'll divert some of our huge traffic his way. <laughs> Hope his servers can handle it. Those of you who are listening, thank you. Though we, we I don't mean, mean it. it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Really, you're like precious, precious gems to us. So, um, before, uh, before we jump on the, the Greg train this okay. week, 
we we have uh, we have another uh, pun. Oh, from, sweet! From one of our great listeners. This is you're gonna like this one. This is great. This is uh, from uh, listener Chris. Uh huh. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, this is great. You're you're gonna love this, Dave. Chris says he found this headline in the Australian newspaper: "Pregnant Billabong Siren Found Has Bunyip in the Oven." Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, thank you, Chris. Well played, Chris. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah. but seriously, that thing is terrifying. Uh, Greg has graced us with uh, a couple of uh, puns. Bring it. For this week. All right. Uh, Greg says, At Greek festivals all over the world, fathers send their daughters to the place where they are told to remain pure until their wedding day. It's called the Antikissin Booth. I like that. <laughs> From Antikythera. Uh, oh, yeah, I get it. I right, see where uh, you were I at there. Make sure you're on the same page. Of course I was. No kissing. Hey, Greg says there's a new hip-hop label. Really? Yeah, with only the best MCs. It's called Dopa Stones Discs. Oh, you know I, You know who might be signed to them? <laughs> Dig it, toots! Oh, yeah. Thank you, Greg, for giving Diggy Toots a place to, to lay down his sweet beats. <laughs> right. Has the train pulled out of the station? No, 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 no. You get to stare at its sweet, loose caboose as it rolls away. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, uh, <laughs> this is also from our, our last podcast, the, uh, the Out of Place Artifacts. If uh, you live in Dorchester, Mass, and you've got water leaking everywhere... Call Bargain Pipes. Our deals are wicked smart. Here's <laughs> the, the Bargain Pipes. Bargain Pipes. Wicked smart. <laughs> Thank you, one, for an awesome pun. Yes. Thank you, two, for a reason to go back to f***ing Dorchester. Dorchester, <laughs> Dorchester M.A. You guys want some Dorchester pot? <laughs> Oh, thank you, Greg. You yeah. thought the train had pulled away. It just got the town, whore. <laughs> you stupid bastards. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> God. We can't yeah. open up that can. We, oh, man. That's, that's got to remain on the shelf. Thank you, for Greg, for just letting us visit briefly. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. We got one more. Okay. Uh, and I've I've been dreading it, but I, I can't deny it. This is from a listener, Guinevere McOs. Well, wait a minute. What are Guinevere's initials? Well, G-M. McOs. I think the O's sound. I think it's G-M-O's, dude. Don't don't get cute. <laughs> All right. So her name is, uh, her initials are G-M-O. Great. I, I, I hope it's a coincidence because I love the name Guinevere. Guinevere says, I would like to place both Davids in the penalty box. What? The entire GMO episode was all about explaining GMOs to me, and not once were GMOs explained to me in a pumpkin metaphor. F***. Gwen, you are correct. You are right. And I apologize. Son of a bitch, she's totally right. We did an entire podcast about agriculture. (laughs) Never mentioned. The pumpkin, it's the thing that makes every, oh, she's right. It's fine. We've earned it's, this one. She's yeah. right. She's absolutely right. All right. Well, I guess we should go on and get this over with. Yeah. 
Yeah, do you want you want you want to go first? You want me to go first? You go ahead and go first. All right. I went last time, by the way. Yeah, you did. You did. So I think it's your turn. All right. Thank All right. you, thank you, Gwen, for calling us out. That's that is completely in line with what we want. Yeah, and what you should do as your duty. Done, yep, you have done your duty, and thank you for pointing out because we're wrong. See how easy it is to say that. Yep. When you don't have an ego wrapped up with it, <laughs> you can just look the re- the truth in the face. Ever heard of it? It's called the truth. Yeah. It's for real. Stares at you a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Regardless of whether or not you want to admit it. Uh, all right. At, at this point, I'm just putting off the penalty. Yeah, just, we need to get in this just thing. delaying. All right. Into the box with me. Uh, we've got our materials. I'm going to read a recognizable soliloquy. And I'm not even going to identify it because if, if you don't know it, God have mercy on your soul. Yeah. All right. On go the headphones. And we enter the penalty of the ox. Jesus! Okay. Episode 4, A New Hope. It is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star. An armored space station with enough power to destroy the entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's sinister agents, Princess Leia raises his home aboard her starship, custodian of the stolen plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm out. <laughs> God. I have to say, you got better as you went along, though. Yeah, every now and then I could, like, focus it in, and then I'd lose it again. Like, when I started, like, a new sentence, it was over again. That's so great. Uh, All right, I guess i got to go in. Yeah, you do. All right. Get your ass in the box. Get him in the box! All right, it's my turn in this beast. Um, (laughs) So, uh, we have selected for me the President's Speech from Independence Day. President Bill Pullman. President Bill Pullman. The speech from Independence Day, great. That's If you don't know that speech, don't worry. You, you'll recognize it, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, in I go. Get in there. All right, I have the other headphones on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in this history of mankind. (laughs) Mankind. That word should have new meaning for us all, all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps... Perhaps it is fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day... The 4th of July will no longer be known as as American Holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will now go to Wiley and to the... 
<laughs> we will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. It's deliciously brutal. That one hit you a lot harder than the last one did. I think I just need to abandon all caution and just do it. Oh, yeah. Because I I was probably worried about talking slow last time and and being understood. Yeah, f*** that. You just need to say it. (laughs) Just read it. Yeah. Oh, that was brilliant. Wow. All right. Well, thanks, uh, uh, Gwen McO. Yeah. You dirty haint. <laughs> Bruce Howell. Well, now that we've paid our debt to society, now let's continue giving. Yes. There are there are some individuals out there who need to be recognized. I'd like to lead the charge. Now, we've mentioned him before. He virtually provided us an entire podcast in October. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Kenneth Height, who we love dearly, is not only a very talented writer... But he, too, has thrown his hat into the podcast ring, which is, you know, pretty great, right? It's a big ring. So, Ken, our, our good friend, uh, he, he's got a podcast with his friend Robin Laws, Robin D. Laws, and uh, they are both very successful individuals. I know Ken is a very a prolific writer and also works a lot in the role-playing game industry, Ooh. which I like the idea of an industry. Like, there's thousands. That's a big industry, dude. 20-sided dies just rolling out the back of a factory. Oh man! Uh, but no, it's it's a fascinating podcast. They talk about really interesting things, even if you're not uh, into role playing games. But there's this interesting thing uh, the 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 podcast that I've just recently listened to talked about the difference between um, in time. There's the time that the characters and whatever, whether it's a video game or whatever you're playing, experience versus the time that the players experience and how a game has to manage those two things. Sure. Um, also, some really great political discussion. I mean, these guys really cover a lot of ground. And if you have the time, it's definitely worth listening to. It's and called... Oh, sorry. If you don't have the time, thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah! See how polit- We can do political. Yeah. We got that covered. I think you're so special, Ken. <laughs> he is special. Uh, so please check it out on iTunes. It's called Ken and Robin Talk About Stuff. You'll love it. It's absolutely great. And we've we've mentioned uh, in this podcast we we've uh, <laughs> referenced our good friend Mel Evans. Oh yeah, who has a, a wonderful podcast uh, with Mark Colum called mm-hmm. "An Hour with Your Ex." Yep, go listen to that. They take uh, some type of media that one or the other hasn't uh, seen or heard or read and uh, force them. them. Yeah, yeah force they them. they literally have they a gun a and they, they they trade off either week and they hold the gun to the other person. And so it's a starter pistol. It doesn't have bullets. It still hurts, man. I know, but they care about each other, so they want to be safe. So uh, check that one out. That Please do. It's and, and I'll say this: uh, I have a hard time with it because sometimes I'm, I'm not that hip. I don't like watch things when they come out. I'm way behind on Downtown Abbey or Downtown Abbey. <laughs> and so really, I, I couldn't tell. Sometimes that from I earlier. have to skip an episode because I haven't seen the thing they're talking about. Yeah. But sometimes when I have, I get really excited. So if, yeah, I mean, if you've ever seen, you know, Pulp Fiction or Jaws. Yeah. Or maybe if you'd like to hear them discuss House of Cards, Mel Evans, maybe that would be fun for them (laughs) to do a podcast about. Uh, We want to extend a very, very huge and special thank you to uh, an artist Mm -hmm. this week. 
Roger Langridge, who uh, gave us permission to use his amazing Spring Hill Jack illustration. Oh, yeah. It just It's awesome. So check it out. Yeah. Please. You see it on the site and on, and on our Facebooks and stuff. That's, that's done by Roger Langridge. Uh, you can check out his stuff at uh, hotelfred.com. Mm-hmm. That's his, his website. Amazing stuff. And Thank you really, so much, yeah, Roger. It was really cool to let us use that because it was just the cherry on top of that sweet cupcake. <laughs> uh but yeah uh thank you so much for for letting us use that roger that's that's great if you guys uh if you guys got a pun or or a show suggestion or please don't stop contributing because we love it yeah go to our website uh blurryphotos.org and fill out that contact page that's on there with uh whatever you want to send us yeah send us stuff we'll do it you know what did we make a stupid mistake did my fun fact turn out to be no fact and less fun <laughs> Send us to the penalty box. You saw how much fun that is. A serious oh, untruth. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, What's that's the fun, a malicious lie. lie. Yeah. Like a fun fact and a malicious lie. Malicious lie. Um, yeah, we'll go to the penalty box. Begrudgingly, we'll, yeah. but we'll go to it. Uh, go to uh, Facebook and please like us. We're almost to 50. 50. 50. We're, we're so close. We're, yeah. we're sniffing 50. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll end that there. Yep, there we go. That's as far as that gets to go. Uh, we're on bl- uh, blurry underscore photos is our Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Go handle this on there. You guys like sweet tweets? You gonna get them? Not very often. We don't want to <laughs> saturate your inbox. We just think we'd treat you each week. Just one tweet, <laughs> little treat for you. Once a week, tweet treat, <laughs> tweet treat. You know what? Here's here's some. Uh, we, we have a two man barbershop quartet. We'll show up at your place of work and give you balloons. <laughs> so uh the other other thing that uh that we have that's for cereal uh to tell you about is uh we're we're gonna take a, a small break. Yep. Just just a tiny just, hiatus. Yeah, it's it's so brief you you won't even notice it. Yeah. Just just uh just a couple weeks or so. And it's not because we don't love you, it's it's that we have become so boundlessly popular <laughs> in our own families. That we we have to literally do a little bit of a technological uh, overhaul. Yeah, we we're we're hoping to get some uh, some upgrades yep. for you guys. Yep. Well, we're also maybe we've we've got some uh, some wings and some buckets and yep. some irons and fires and some horses and stables that that hopefully are going to be released yep. with a with a uh, we're going to call it season two. Of- yeah, yeah. So so congratulations on completing the first of many seasons of blurry photos. Yeah, we hope to to bring you guys more stuff, better stuff. Yeah. Harder stuff, faster stuff, stronger stuff. And you now here's the thing. Uh, I don't want this to be nebulous. I want you to know that we'll be back in no less than three weeks. We'll be back uh, in March, probably in time for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, we'd better. We just we learned so many things just today yeah. about what we can do to celebrate Irish culture. We'll uh, we'll we'll start uh, probably kick off the season maybe with with something uh, yeah something nice for them. Yeah. So please keep keep your eye on us. Don't don't leave us because man, when we come back, we're gonna come back like swinging pipes of, of mystery. <laughs> oh, I really should have thought that through. I just I was launched no, off the cliff no, there. I think we're good. All, All right. right. Okay. Let's good. Keep it. Good. We'll keep it. Good. I'm Vernon Cockney David Flora. And I'm Dave Stecco. Fancy a jiggle feel? <laughs> oh, where'd he go? <laughs> oh, me eyes. <laughs> he had flash powder, he did. Uh, this has been Blurry Photos. 
to piss off. <laughs> Slag off. Here's the end of the rainbow. Holy shit. You have all of the Avengers and you don't have a Hulk. What are you talking about? At your home. Do you have a Hulk? Did you eschew the Hulk? Did you personally excise the Hulk out of the Avengers? What? In what form? Your, the the Legos? Yeah. Oh, I don't have all of them. I've got Iron Man and Thor. You've got Iron Man and Thor and more than that. You've got Loki. you got like a thousand I Loki. I got one Loki. No, I have the Hulk. I have it in the little squinky thing. Okay, all right. You got like two Lokis. I've just got one Loki. No, you got the. I've got a can that has Loki on it. No, you got the Loki that's in the Jeep. Then you. Oh, you're right. That's, yeah, uh, that Lego. Yeah. Oh, thank God. But I don't have a Thor in that Lego. No. So here's the uh, here's the end of the rainbow.